as you get more and more listings coming up as well, that just becomes crucial to be able to bring people's eyes to a, a particular business that you might look over. Buying and selling businesses just got a lot easier. Welcome to the Web Equity Show, where thousands of successful entrepreneurs go to learn about buying, growing, and selling online businesses. Your hosts, Justin Cook and Ace Chapman, share their real-life advice, examples, and expert interviews to help you build and grow your own online portfolio. Now to your hosts, Justin and Ace. Welcome to the Web Equity Show. I'm your host, Justin Cook, and I'm here with my co-host, Ace Chapman. And today we are talking about promoting your business for sale. We've gone through quite a few of the steps in you selling your online business. And today we're going to be talking marketing. We're going to be talking promotion, right, buddy? Exactly. Now that you've done all the work getting the business ready for sale, you've made that tough decision that you are going to sell it. How are you going to find a buyer and get it sold? Yeah, if you build it, they won't necessarily come, right? <laughs> so this is an episode to get them to come. And I'm going to put this out there, man. It's self-serving, and I hesitate to say it. But the truth is using a broker helps, right? I mean, brokers, they're designed to help drive uh, potential buyers to your business and get more eyeballs in front of your business for sale. And we're going to talk about some of the tactics we use as brokers to get eyeballs in front of your business for sale. So, you know, whether you're going to use a broker or you're doing it yourself, I think some of these are going to help. Yeah. And we want to give you the tools so that you can do it yourself. But you're right, Justin. I mean, I'm in this space. I know plenty of buyers. I know plenty of sellers. I think the decision that you'll have to make is, do you want to become an expert at selling the business or do you want to be able to focus on you know, kind of your next project and and growing that because this is a separate skill set, you know, just like I don't want to become the expert at Facebook. I'm just going to hire an agency to do that. I know enough on Facebook to be dangerous, but I don't want to become that expert. So it's the same thing here. So we're going to give you some tools so you can do it yourself and then you'll, it'll be up to you to make that decision. Yep. I think some of these uh, tips and tools are especially important if there's something about your business that's very niche, right, that might not be as clearly attractive to your average buyer, and average is kind of subjective, but let me explain what I mean. So if you have a business that requires some developer experience, you have to be able to code something, you know, that's not your average buyer isn't going to be able to buy that and run that right away. Maybe they need to hire someone, maybe they don't quite have the skills, they have to brush up on it, you know, that's not for everybody. Some of the tips and tools we're going to use here, I think will be really helpful in helping you with that niche sale. Same thing for like any kind of like, uh, if it's very specific domain knowledge. So if you're a nurse and your you know website is content all about you know being a nurse and nursing, not everyone's going to be able to write that content. Not everyone's going to be able to do that. So some of these tips I think will help you find buyers that are into nursing that might be in a better position to actually purchase your business. All right, man, before we do that, let's do some listener love. We've got three new five-star iTunes reviews, buddy. First one is from Jesse, says, the most helpful podcast ever. I'd been researching buying an online business for nearly a year when I found this podcast, went through all of seasons one and two in nearly a week. All of my doubts and concerns were answered. I'm so excited for season three. Thanks for helping me move forward. Thank you, Jesse, for your wonderful uh, comments. Got another five-star, very practical podcast from 
Josh. Says, if you're thinking about buying a web property or selling on your own, this podcast is a must listen for masters in the trade. Sometimes they mention putting links into the show notes, and those notes don't have the links. Have a pencil handy, and you'll be fine. Smiley face. You'll want a pencil anyway to be taking notes. Great podcast. I don't know, Ace. We're uh, we're slacking on our notes. We're like, oh, we we'll, got it. We'll link to that we in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, we'll link to that in the show notes, and then you know, you know how it goes. Thanks for calling us out, Josh. We, we, we need to make that happen. Josh, so we're keep, gonna make that happen. Keeping for it you. real, man. We got Steve's that amazing tips on buying and selling online businesses. Ace and Justin don't hold back. The content they share about what you need to do to either sell or buy an online business is powerful. The step-by-step details they share is very practical. If you love business and want to either buy or sell your online business, this podcast is a requirement. Thanks, guys. Well, thank you, Steve, for the wonderful message. Appreciate it. Well, I got a mention on Twitter <laughs> from the Happy Hustler. It says, you know, it was in response to something I had sent him. And he said, I'm working with another broker on this. You guys rejected my business because some books were erotica. So I remember what happened here. It was a uh, business. It was an ebook business. And some of the books were not just kind of like, you know, the light erotica. It was pretty, pretty heavy stuff, right? A little, uh, a little dirty. Mm. And so, you know, we have some rules about the types of businesses we'll list and we won't list. And it's weird because like, I have personally, I have zero problem with erotica at all. In fact, you know, porn or whatever. I have no problem with any of that stuff, but it's something in business, at least that we've decided not to do. So like at Empire Flippers, we don't list porn websites. We won't sell, you know, penis enlargement pill businesses. We generally don't do businesses like that. And we have some reasons for that we can get into, but like, what do you think about that? Ace? Do you have any like types of businesses for like moral reasons you won't do or, or just refuse to do? Yeah, I think one of them is definitely porn that we just have stayed completely away from. Part of it, you know, is just not wanting to be in that business. But there's also a practical part that, you know, I'm dwindling the number of buyers. And for me, when I'm doing a deal, I want as many, I'm thinking about it like a product. You know, this is my product and I, I want potential customers that are going to come in and want to do business with me and buy that product eventually once I want to sell that business. And as soon as I step into something like porn, I'm dwindling the number of potential buyers on the back end. The other side of it is, you know, we've also seen things like gun and just provocative things. So we haven't done those deals that are on the edge as well. We're actually looking at something that's in that space. And, you know, we just get into a territory where we start to figure out, okay, is this divisive enough that we're really dwindling the number of people that are going to buy this deal from us? Yeah, that's interesting. So if you get, I mean, obviously, like, you know, I have a moral issue with us, like, listing, like, hate speech sites or something, right? Like, that's just Mm -hmm. not, I just won't do that for, I think, obvious reasons. Yeah. But, like, you know, some other things like guns, this is all just so subjective. Like, what would you not do? And why would you not do it? You know what's interesting? I was talking to my business partner recently about this in the last couple of weeks, and and I told him I said, look, I don't have a problem with us, you know, not doing particular businesses, porn and that kind of thing, but I would if Empire Flippers owned the market. Like if we were one of the only places, or like the only place you could really go to sell your online business, and we like kind of like really like we own the market. I'd probably I'd probably do a wider selection of businesses because I think I'd be like cutting off people's ability to. I don't know, like a free speech issue. It's not really a free speech, like a commerce <laughs> issue. It just, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
yeah, I yeah. think I might be a little wider with it, but because we don't own the market yet, uh, we, we we get to choose. Yeah, there are some businesses, we've done some businesses, I'm like, oh my God, I, I would never get involved in that, but we'll do it anyway. But certain things we won't. I remember, and this is totally side note, man, but we had an uh, outsourcing company years ago, right? And we had someone reach out to us that wanted to do, um, it was a uh, an escort agency out of the UK. And they want us to do call center work for their escorts, basically screen callers, right? And for them on, wow. the guys would want to pay a ton of money. There's a ton of money. And like that was kind of the point at which we were like, you know, we're not going to do it. And that time, and for that reason, you know, we had a bunch of people on our team that, you know, were religious and, you know, had some yeah. moral issues with it. And we were like, you know what, we're not going to subject them to that. You know, I just, I would hate to have anyone on our team, like, do something that's just really uncomfortable, that they're really uncomfortable with. Like, that just seems icky. And so, you know, at that point, we said no, even though it would have, <laughs> would have paid us well. I'm, I'm glad we did, though. I'm glad we, you know, it felt right. I think it was the right thing to do. But yeah, you know, there. I like your point about, you know, wanting it to be more of a commodity and being uh, legible to other potential buyers. And if you're not able to get your cash back out of the business, it makes sense. You know, where that may fail, well, not fail, but where that may break down and you may be interested mm-hmm. is if it was like heavily cash flowing, like hardcore, right? And yes, okay, you can't yeah. sell it, but you're able to buy it like a lower multiple and the cash flow on it was just crushing it. Well, you know what? I may not be able to sell it, but I'm going to ride this puppy home, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that, that's what, if, if you're going into the deal and you're not planning on selling it, and the truth is, there's a broker that just does uh, porn sites and, yeah. and that kind of thing. So they're buyers. It's not like there are no, no buyers. But yeah, if you're holding on to it or you're really in that space, then that becomes a lot easier to get done. Yes, sir. All right, man, let's get into the episode. Today, we're talking about promoting your business for sale. And we're going to look at this through two different lenses. The first being, you know, what are the promotional tools, tips, and tricks that brokers use to promote your business and get eyeballs on your business for sale? And these are obviously things you can use in the DIY approach as well. And then we're going to look at things that I think are specifically DIY, do it yourself, that will help you get your business sold faster for higher price, get, you know, more interested parties involved, and just get the deal done. So, you know, the first thing that brokers use would be email promotion, right? And so we do this a few different ways. For us, I, I can speak for us in particular, but, you know, other brokers are very similar. You know, we do an initial blast when the listing goes out for sale. So when it's first listed, there's going to be a blast that goes out. Look, here are the new listings. We're introducing them. And so it's going to drive, you know, quite a bit of traffic to all those listings. A bunch of people are going to see those listings you know, touch them, taste them, get get a feel for the business for sale. <laughs> I think you just mentioned to me what before we got on this recording. You're like, oh my god, you guys have 16 new listings. That's crazy. So you got the new listing email. Yeah, yeah. I think for the average person, doing the email blast is going to be a little bit different. You know, if you're in the space, you're getting emails from all the brokers, and you get to see the format of those things. And we also look at offline business. So I've, over the years, have been added to you know hundreds of, of these lists. But you want to think like a broker and add people to a list of potential buyers. You know, when you go to seminars or you're at events or networking and that kind of thing. And then you kind of create that targeted list of of buyers yourself and you can follow up and later build the relationship until uh, essentially one day you want to send a blast out to your people. Yeah, that that, that blast could be 15, 20, 25 people. All it takes is one person to be the right person. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, when we yep. send it out, we're sending it out to tens of thousands of people, some of which are great targets, a lot of which wouldn't be the right target for that. So that's kind of your initial blast. Another thing we do is we send targeted emails to buyers looking in your price range, looking for your particular niche or monetization type. So if we have buyers that are looking for FBA businesses between $100,000 and $200,000, they're going to get a specific email for an FBA business that's $140,000 that's kind of in their niche. So we do some of the targeted stuff, and that'll have a bit more info about the business for sale, give it a bit more of a highlight, and also separate it from some of the rest of the pack. So they're not digging through 12 different new listings. They've got two or three that might fit in their bucket. And then there's also one that will be a follow-up email on business details or listings that have been up for a while and might have gotten overlooked. I think this one's particularly interesting because, you know, we have, let's say we have a business for sale. It's been up for 30 days, 60 days, and mm-hmm. it just hasn't gotten the traction that we we're looking for it to get. Then we might send another email out kind of like, especially if we particularly like the business, right? And we're like, we think it's a good fit. Then we'll say, look, what are you guys doing? Like, <laughs> take another look at this business. It's a good one. And I think you're missing something here. Yeah. And it's as you get more and more listings coming up as well, that just becomes crucial to be able to bring people's eyes to a, a particular business that you might look over. Yeah, I was talking to, to Joe about this, about, you know, some of our sales guys, right? They get like, you know, we have, you know, 60 something listings at this point in time. And our sales guys get stuck, right, with a particular listing that they're used to dealing with. Maybe they have like their four or five babies that they talk about a lot. They might show to other people they're talking to on the phone. But, you know, they may have a few on there that they miss because they don't just don't know them that well, right? It's not something that they just don't have all the info on or whatever. And so I was telling you before the show, like we're thinking about doing kind of like the restaurants do with wine where they sit down kind of all their waiters and waitresses and do like a fine wine night where they're like sipping the different wines and getting kind of the history on them. We're thinking about doing something with our listings and businesses for sale, doing like, a, you know, introducing it more to our sales guys, particularly the ones that just seem to be getting kind of missed by the sales because they're not mentioning as much and see if we can kind of like, you know, let them put a little wine in their mouth, swirl it around the glass for a bit and get a little taste of the, the business for sale. You should do that over wine. Yeah, over <laughs> I feel wine. like that would be appropriate. It's <laughs> even better. The second thing that brokers will use are seller interviews. And these can be in a bunch of different formats. They can be written seller interviews. They can be audio interviews. They can be video interviews. They can even be live. So you'll see sometimes people do a you know, a live webinar. We don't do the live webinars. We do a recorded audio interview with the sellers that we then turn into video. So with, you know, words on the screen, everything that we can use for video content as well. Even, you know, just a written questionnaire though can be helpful. And the reason is, you know, buyers, and we've said this before on the show, you know, buyers are looking at the numbers, they're looking at the details, but you know, their hearts can be swayed. So, you know, if you can show some personality and they feel like there's a fit with you by just be kind of being yourself and by like sharing kind of the passion for the business and your excitement about the business, that really can resonate with buyers who then are like, you know, it connects them or catches their attention and can make them push them towards doing the deal with you. Yeah. This is a powerful one, and I am definitely biased to video. You know, I think the webinars and doing live things can be really powerful, but regardless, video is where everything is moving. You can convey so much more, and people just like to intake videos. You know, people don't like to read as much, and so you as the seller of your business kind of want to bring them the information the way it's easiest for them. So we have our list of buyers that we send things out to. And as much as possible, I try to give them 
you know, I want to give them the written information. And sometimes we'll do question answer on a webinar, but the bulk of the way that we communicate is just recorded videos, sending that out to our buyers and people love being able to kind of comment, ask questions and, and all that. So it works really well. Tell me, Ace, cause you're definitely on the buy side. What, and you gotta be honest here, what sucks you in, man? When you're watching a video, when you're you know, listening to an audio with the seller and they're kind of talking about their business, what kind of gets you, what kind of pricks up your ears, what kind of attracts your interest? Like what are the things they talk about or say that kind of gets you? Um, I'm looking for the, a lot of the same things, but you can find out a little bit more about how the site was built, mm-hmm. you know, now with, you know, just the, obviously we're looking at the simple things like multiples and, you know, the business model, how much time and effort goes into running it, all those things. But I want to know, you know, if it's a site that's getting a bunch of organic traffic, like what was your methodology? How did you, you know, build this thing? And that storyline is a lot easier to communicate in video than you can yeah. uh, just in written format. So the body language. See, that's kind of this is an awkward question, man. I was thinking about this because I'm basically asking you to tell me how we can sell you better. <laughs> right? I mean, literally, that's what I'm asking you. How can hey, so how can we how can we suck you in a little bit better, man? What do we have to do? So body language on video. Got it. I'll get the marketing guys. Make that sure right away. Co- coach your coach your sellers. You're gonna get like, you're gonna get some private emails with videos in them where you just can't look away. Done. Done deal. <laughs> so, okay. So crafting your story and body language and video. Got it. The third thing is listing syndication. We've talked about this before. It bears mentioning again. But once you've got your business for sale and, you know, once we've got a business for sale on Empire Flippers in our marketplace, you know, we list it other places as well. The places that allow for syndication, places like, you know, BizBuySell, BizQuest, businesses for sale, et cetera. So, you know, getting them at some additional exposure there. I mean, we're talking about you only need one buyer. Right. And, you know, some of these other places don't drive a ton of, you know, potential buyers, but we only need one. So that's one of the reasons we do the syndication. You're going to want to avoid syndicating uh, places that require exclusivity. So most brokers require some amount of exclusivity. Flippa requires exclusivity. So actually, I think they got rid of that. I'm not sure. You're going to have to verify that. You're going to, have to you know, double check that. But I think Flippa might have gotten rid of their exclusivity. But check it before you syndicate there. Fourth thing we do is podcast promotion or highlight. You know, we have a podcast with you know, potential buyers and sellers that listen. So we offer a business listing of the week. We don't do ads or anything on the show. You know, we're not sponsors or anything. So our sponsor is our own marketplace where we'll feature a business listing of the week. And that's normally one that one of us particularly likes, like we're like, oh, I think this business is awesome. Let's mention it. Or it's one that we feel like has kind of fallen through the cracks that shouldn't have. So we're like, no, no, no. you got to take another look at this one. It's a good one. The fifth thing is social media. So we'll promote the listing on Twitter and Facebook and we'll make sure it does the rounds there and it gets a few mentions. Sometimes we'll set recurring messages in between kind of our regular social media content. I'd mentioned that, you know, social media is only as useful as people are engaged to your content and to your messaging. So, you know, if it's just kind of like a sales platform for you where you're, you know, selling t-shirts and then you go to try to sell business on Twitter, no one's going to care. No one's paying attention. But if you've got an audience that kind of likes your stuff, that follows your stuff, that's paying attention, you're going to get some clicks. You're going to get some people checking out the business for sale. Yeah, I actually do feel like, and some people may be a little gun shy about this. But 
a lot of times your customers are interested in your business enough that they want to own the business. And so I've definitely sold businesses to customers of the business. And yes, we, yes. Are, yeah, that's, we're in a society now where people do expect a little more transparency, whereas before it'd be weird to say to your customers, hey, I'm selling my business. Now people are, are very open to that. And so I don't think you're going to turn people off by mentioning that. As a customer, I'm kind of excited, you know, when I find out someone's selling their business or sold their business. And it's normally all about how kind of you phrase it too, right? If you're selling it or you sold it and you're kind of communicating that to your customers and you talk about kind of like what the plan is and what you guys are trying to do and what they're trying to do and you kind of like talk about vision in there, it's helpful. I worry a little bit. There's a twinge of going, oh my God, I hope they don't screw this up. I like this software or whatever. But, <laughs> you know, hopefully they don't and they don't, you know, totally gut it and make it, you know, not useful. But, you know, I think sharing with your customer report, and I've talked about it before, but we were a customer of a piece of software. They sold it out from under us and we would have bought it probably for more than it was paid if they'd only let us know. So by not letting your customers know, you might be missing out on a buyer, maybe a buyer that would have paid you more. So if you're able to, and if you can stomach it, definitely let your customers know because you might have a buyer there. Another thing we want to talk about is remarketing, retargeting. For Empire of Liberals, one of the things we do is we do retarget to people that visit our marketplace. So if anyone's visited our marketplace, we'll retarget them on Facebook to get them to come back, take a look at you know our marketplace again. And we also do this for individual listings. So if someone's visited a particular or an individual listing, then we'll remarket them on Facebook, get them back there looking at that listing so they can uh, you know give it a second look and see if it's something they're interested in. Maybe they got busy, maybe they forgot, and it brings them back and they go, oh yeah, I do want to buy this. I'm interested. We also, well, you can do this. So say, for example, that you have, you know, I own a business like, I don't know, Jungle Scout or whatever, and I'm looking to sell my business, but I'd prefer that my all my customers don't know that I'm selling. One thing you can do with Facebook is you can upload your email list to actually exclude your customer base. For whatever reason, you need to exclude your customers or you just are really not comfortable with that. You can do that on Facebook by uploading the email list. Now, it's not a guarantee they won't see it and you might not get everyone and, you know, the word's definitely going to get out. But if for whatever reason you're not comfortable with it, you can exclude them on Facebook as well. Although we don't, I don't really recommend it. I think you should let everyone know what's going on. It's generally the better move. Yeah, I'm a big fan of obviously like getting the word out. I know some people can be a little gun shy, but that also does explain why Empire Flippers ads always follow me around, man. There you so, go, buddy, because you're checking out our marketplace, man. You, you, you gotta, yeah. I get, I get followed around by I this uh, expat health insurance thing. We end up getting it for our team, and uh, they follow me around forever, dude. For like I don't know, like three months. I'm still seeing. It's like one of those video ads, and it just puts me on blast. Yeah. <laughs> one of the things you could do too is you can use, and we're testing this out right now, where you can use you know paid Facebook ads around your interviews. So if you've you know done a video interview, or if you've done an audio interview, even a written interview, you can put Facebook ads, paid Facebook ads, up around those interviews to kind of drive them to interviews and hopefully drive them to the business for sale. But if you can hook them with the interview, maybe you'll get a potential buyer to that. We're seeing if that'll work. I don't have data on that yet, but we'll let you know. All right, man. So that's those are some of the things that brokers use, some of the things we use. Let's talk about some of the things that our audience, our listeners can use on their own. So one of the things they can do are interviews, right? But not interviews with the broker, uh, like an you know, Empire Focus interview. Uh, they can reach mm-hmm. out to other podcasters to share their story. So look at places like Smart Passive Income, Empire Flippers, obviously, but also places like Mixergy, 
even web equity show. Where do their potential buyers to their business hang out and how do you get in front of their audience? Now, if you've built this business and you're willing to talk about kind of the numbers and kind of what's going on, a lot of podcasters would like to hear that in the kind of entrepreneurial business space. So going on, you probably got a shot at getting on those podcasts to kind of talk about your story. They'd probably be interested to hear it. So if you can get some of those to go live around the time you're selling, that can be really helpful in selling the business. Yeah, this next one is one that I am just a very big fan of because very few people take advantage of it. And it's going after the niche community. So you can go into whether it's subreddit, specific Facebook groups, all these little communities where you're probably already a part of it because you're in that business. So if you're building a, you know, drop shipping business you're probably in some dropshipping groups where you're talking to other people in the space. And the obvious place to go for potential buyers of your business is those groups. So they have the target audience. They know how to run your business. And what that leads to over the random buyer is a lot of times a higher multiple because they already get it. They're not just a financial buyer. You know, when I come in as a financial buyer, I'm gonna, unless, you know, a lot of times we have in our portfolio that strategic match for the business, but I'm really just looking at the numbers and get somebody that really understands the business. A lot of times you can get a lot higher multiple. Yeah, I mean, again, it takes that one buyer, right? I'm in a bunch of Facebook groups, just you know, some, anything from small to large. And, you know, I don't pay attention to most of them most of the time. But, you know, something's going on and I have, you know, have a need to kind of dig through there, kind of connect it. Maybe I follow like three or four at any given time, but those change over time. So, you know, there are communities out there just recently, today, actually, someone in one of those communities, they run the community and they reached out to us about an advertising opportunity. And I get, you know, talked to our marketing guys about it briefly. And I said, yeah, I think we could do something like that. So, you know, there's a bunch of reasons and needs to be in these communities. So, you know, if they're not reaching out to you about an ad opportunity, maybe you could talk to them about, hey, how can I get a sticky post at the top of this Facebook group? How can I get information about my business for sale in the image? How can I get a promotional post in the community with your help? How would I go about doing that? So you can reach out to the facilitators of the Facebook group to see, you know, what advertising opportunities there are there. Or you can start, you know, talking about your business for sale there too in a non-spammy way, obviously. The other thing you can do, you know, yourself are uh, the looking for strategics, right? So strategic acquisition targeting. So, you know, we've talked about this, you know, kind of throughout the process, but hopefully you've been in contact with your competitors through the cooperation approach we've discussed. And if you've done that, this is a pretty good time to reach out to your competitors and, you know, let them know the deal. Hey, listing my business for sale, you know, we've talked quite a bit and I know we've worked together in the past. I'd like to know if you'd at all be interested in potentially picking up our business. If you're working with a broker, you can kind of make the connection, kind of gauge interest. If they're interested, you can send them on to the broker, right? And have them kind of like, you know, kind of wade into those waters. If you're uncomfortable or like not sure what information you should give up or when you should give it up, uh, you could leave that with a broker. If you're doing it yourself, it's a good idea to kind of like, you know, you can lay out the basics for them, but you need to be aware of exactly what you're willing to share and when you're willing to share it before you go into it. I mean, you have to give them enough to be able to do due diligence. So it's a figuring it out process. Generally, strategic acquisitions are a bit slower because there is kind of, you know, taking your time and you're trying to judge whether they're just like trying to get your business data or if they are really interested. So they can be a bit slower, but you can kind of walk through it and build trust. 
This is one of those areas where I do find a lot of value in uh, having a broker approach the competitors. A lot of times, it, just having that separation, it kind of removes that person from their first thought, which is, you know, how can I get more information about my competitor? I'm just curious about what numbers you're doing, what you're making, and that kind of thing. When they're approached by a broker, they don't feel like, oh, well, I'm probably not going to be able to manipulate this guy to get as much information as I'd like. So it can have a big impact to have a broker approach them, but you can still build the list. And, you know, you talk about this, Justin, you and Joe, even over on the Empire Flippers podcast, you know, with all of these things, whether you have a broker or not, you still want to treat it like you're doing it yourself. So, you know, yeah. you can pull together the list of competitors, send that to them, have them reach out to them and, and make that process a little bit easier. Yeah, I think, you know, as we start to wrap this up, I think that's an important point is that you want to be proactive, right? You're not like, you know, hey, got my business listed. I can sit back, relax and collect the check when it comes in. No, 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 that's not that's not how it works. Now, you could try to do that, but like you're going to be involved in the buyer seller calls. You know, you're going to have to talk to some people. You're going to have to shake some hands to get the deal done. And I think there's nothing wrong with being proactive, especially if you want a, a quick, clean sale for top dollar and very quickly. If you can, you know, again, we've said this several times, but you just need that one buyer. And if you're able to get that one buyer or they're able to get that one buyer, it doesn't matter. You sold your business. So, you know, the plan is to to speed that along and kind of facilitate the process. I think it's also important to ask the broker, if you're using a broker, what ways they actively market your listing for sale. Um, you know, there are brokers out there that will kind of like, you know, list the business and then wash their hands of it, say, if it sells, it sells, whatevs, I'm moving on to the next listing. You know, I just want some listings up there and we'll just kind of kick back and relax. So ask them what they proactively do post initial listing. And of course, they're going to get the message out initially, but what are they doing after that to get your business sold and see what they have to say? I think, you know, from my perspective, Ace, and I think you as well, but like, if I'm, you know, targeting the Facebook communities, which we talked about, or the subreddits, or, you know, like the niche communities that are kind of in my space, and I mentioned nursing earlier in the show, let's say I'm targeting a, a nursing uh, community, or, you know, maybe even an you know, entrepreneurial nursing community, I'd rather talk to those people, the people that are entrepreneurs in the nursing niche, I'd rather talk to 100 to 120 of those people, than I would like to talk to, you know, 500,000 people on the Joe Rogan podcast. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like I'd rather talk to very specific people that are entrepreneurs in the nursing niche that might potentially be interested in my business than I would just a bunch of randoms. Right now, the bunch of randoms might get your business a whole lot of uh, additional business based on whatever you're selling. But aside from that, just for selling the business, I'd rather talk to a very targeted audience of actual potential buyers. Yeah, that's why I'm such a big fan of going after those niche communities and talking in those groups we aren't necessarily selling something the masses are going to be interested in buying. And so if you can find those competitors and reach out to them personally, if you can find those people that already own businesses in the same industry, you know, you can reach out to them directly. But then it's still almost like a mass approach where you're doing videos for those people. You're putting together brochures and written material and, and all the things that we talked about, but you're doing that work for those specific targeted potential buyers. 
All right, buddy. Well, I think that's about it for this episode. In our next show, we're going to review the different types of deal structures you'll need to know, and we'll look at what's your best from a seller's perspective. Ace, I think we're both going to like that episode. It's going to be a fun one, man. (laughs) All right. If you're digging the show, please head over to webequityshow.com and do let us know. You can also drop us a review on iTunes, and we'd really appreciate it. See you next week. See you next week, guys. Thanks for listening to the Web Equity Show. Now is your chance to be a part of the action. Go to www.webequityshow.com slash gift and send us your business acquisition or exit question and have it answered on the show. 